The next UFC event is headlined by two interim title fights. My question for you this week is how do you feel about interim belts in the UFC and then specifically there are two headlining this fight card. What do you think about that? Let me tell you about this video series really quick. I want to give you the top three fights to watch beyond the main event and co-main event so that if you just look at the poster and then watch this video, you can be like, oh my goodness, I didn't even realize that Bellal remember the name Muhammad was fighting on this card. Thank you, Flying Brian J, for filling me in. And then I rank the fights based on, well, I don't really have a criteria. It's however excited I am for the under-the-radar fights at that moment. But let's get into my top three for UFC 236. Number three, Eric Yaboy Anders versus Khalil Roundtree. Yaboy came into the UFC with a little bit of hype because he's a former Alabama linebacker who has a national championship on his resume. Also, his first fight in the UFC ended with a knockout victory over veteran Rafael Natal. Then in his sophomore appearance, he showcased some wrestling and some durability in a really fun fight against Marcus Perez. Then he lost a rather not that entertaining fight to Lyoto the Dragon Machida and has since knocked out Tim Williams in the third round of a fight that was very tight back in August of 2018 in Lincoln, Nebraska, where he was awarded a performance bonus. The following fight, he headlined against Tiago Mejeta Santos. He lost, of course, but that was awarded a fight of the night bonus. He's a pretty darn exciting fighter with a lot of raw athleticism, and even though he's older in terms of trips around the sun, he is young in terms of MMA years, and he does have the potential to turn that athletic into a well-rounded mixed martial arts game. His opponent, Khalil Roundtree, was once lauded as a future champion by the great Anderson the Spider Silva. And also, supposedly, Khalil once knocked out Anderson Silva while they were training. This guy either wins in spectacular fashion or he might get finished himself. That is, if he doesn't get wrestled to death like he did in his UFC debut against Andrew El Dirty Sanchez. But in his third appearance in the UFC, he did show that he can time a knee just perfectly, similar to what Edson Jr. Barbosa did to Benyel Daryush when he knocked out Daniel Jolly in just 52 seconds, while also showing that he has a mean streak. In his first two appearances, he didn't seem like he was that ferocious, but in his first knockout in the cage, he showed that he is one bad mamma jamma. He followed that up with a knockout over Paul Craig, and then he surprised everybody by destroying the former kickboxer in Gokan Saki. He only has one performance bonus to his name, but every fight that he has had in that octagon since his first appearance in the cage, has been really, really exciting. Win or lose, he's going to bring the thunder. This is a fight between a couple of guys who have a ton of potential, and it likely will not go to the judges. I absolutely love seeing finishes, and I think this fight will provide us one of those. And number two... Ovince St. Prue versus Nikita Al Capone, the minor Nikki Thrills, Krilov. This fight is a rematch from 2014 where Ovince St. Prue finished Krilov with a Von Prue choke in the very first round. Since that loss, 
Nikki Thrills has gone on to go 9-2 and two with knockout victories over Emmanuel Newton and Fabio Maldonado at Fight Nights Global. Sure, he has a submission loss to both Jan Blahovic and Misha Serkinov, showing that he still doesn't have that great of submission defense, but his striking has looked absolutely fantastic. The finish of Maldonado was pure gorgeousness inside of a cage. Beyond his own finishing ability and lack of submission defense, he has also never been to the judges. And whenever that is almost a near guarantee, knock on wood, that we're not going to need the scorecards, I absolutely love it. In fact, it is minus 280 that this fight will not go the distance. Ovin St. Preux is a similar type of fighter. He either finishes in spectacular fashion, like he got that head kick on Corey Beeston 25-8 Anderson, or he gets knocked out like he did against Jimmy Manoa. Ovens has a really herky-jerky, kind of awkward striking style that has resulted in him getting a lot of knockout or TKO victories, but he does have a very underrated submission game. Like after he got hurt by Tyson Pedro, he slapped on that straight armbar that got himself a performance of the night, which was his sixth overall post-fight bonus in the UFC. This fight may not be flying under your radar per se, but you've got a couple of post-fight bonus machines who are very unlikely to see the judges and I'm freaking really really pumped to see Nikki Thrills and Ovin St. Preux throw down for the second time and number one. This fight is here in the number one spot mostly because I think it's probably flying under your radar. Even though Belal, remember the name Muhammad, has that nickname, for some reason he might not stick in your mind and I'm here to tell you that he is going to put on a really fun performance, win or lose, against his opponent. Curtis Millinder, who fought just last month and lost via rear naked choke to Easy Dos Santos. The reason why he's able to take this fight on short notice or in very short time is because he didn't take much damage against Easy Dos Santos. He showed that he has very minimal fight IQ off of his back, but when the fight is on the feet, he's an absolute terror, like he showed in his UFC debut, knocking out Tiago Alves in the second round with a knee to the face, and also was awarded a performance bonus. This guy has long, dynamic kicks, and he's pretty intelligent with his striking, so if the fight stays on the feet, look out. He could put Belal to sleep, that is absolutely for certain, but he needs to make sure that he's got some intelligent takedown defense in his pocket. Although most of Muhammad's fights go the distance, he only has four finishes in 14 victories, I definitely remember his name from his UFC debut against Alan Brahma Joban, where he showed the most toughness I've ever seen in the cage up until that point. He may have lost, but he definitely got my attention that night. And in his sophomore appearance, he got a TKO finish over Augusto Montano, showing that not only is he physically strong and very durable, but he's also mentally tough to be able to come back from taking a lot of damage from Joe Ben in his UFC debut and then putting a smackdown on Augusto Montano. Sure, he has a knockout loss to Vicente Luque, but I mean, that guy's an absolute terror. What I've been most impressed with is his victories over Tim Means and Jordan Meehan. When he beat the Dirty Bird with sharp, straight punches against the guy who had the reach advantage on him, I was ultra impressed. Bellal has a well-rounded game that might spell disaster for the negative takedown defense of Curtis Millinder, but for as long as this fight happens on the feet, the durability of Bellal and the dynamism of Millinder is going to put on a show for fans. And then if you're really into the intricacies and technique used inside of the cage, this one right here is the one that's flying under the radar the absolute most. And it is my number one fight to watch this weekend beyond the main event and co-main event.
Thank you so much for making it to this point in the video. As always, I truly appreciate you. Again, tell me in the comment section down below what you think about interim title fights, and I'll see you right here on this channel for the SB Nation MMA post-fight show for UFC 236. Namaste. Namaste.